San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minutes. Time for Mondays with the Moose. Love Mondays because of this. Daryl Johnston, former Cowboy, three-time Super Bowl champ, analyst with Fox Sports, joining us now. Daryl, always appreciate the time, man. I tell you what, those games yesterday uh, it ultimately lived up to the billing from what we saw a week ago with the excitement level after the Bengals rallied from down 21-3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was going to be hard to top divisional weekend, but uh, they did a nice job on, on conference championship weekend. Um, even though, but yeah, at one point, what, we had an 18-point deficit and Kansas City, Cincinnati, and a 10-point deficit um, in the Rams-Niners, and, and especially with the Niners in that situation. Gosh, that's the second time they've done that, you know, going back to that Super Bowl um, when they had the 10-point lead late third, early fourth, and, and you just think they're going to be able to run that clock out and kill that game, and, and they don't pull it off. All kinds of things we can talk about in both of those games, Daryl, but I, I, it seemed like, and I'm going to the Kansas City game, when they didn't score there at the end of the half, they just seemed like a different team in the second half. Did, did you see it that way, or was, or was it more about what Cincinnati did? You know, I, I you questioned the decision afterwards because it didn't work out. Um, it was an aggressive play call. Uh, it's either going to be 28-10, or it's going to be 21-10 going in when you make that call. Um, do, do you want to get to 24-10, just take the chip shot field goal? Uh, you know, th- those are things that are going to be debated. But I, I don't think, you know, everybody will always say that, you know, Andy Reid has always struggled with clock management. That, that, that one didn't have anything to do with clock management. That was, that was just aggressive play calling. Um, so, you know, it, it's, if it works, he's a genius. And when it doesn't work, everybody's going to question him. So I, I, do, I do think it was a big letdown especially because Cincinnati had just scored on their previous possession, you know, to get it to 21-10 from 21-3. Um, so maybe that was some of the thought process of Andy is I'm going to, I'm going to get that touchdown back as we go into halftime, because I think if, if they score there, it, it's, it's going to be a different, it's going to be a different second half. Now I'm, I'm not a big believer in the fact that you walk in at halftime, spend 12 minutes and you sort out what Kansas City's doing offensively. I, I don't know what the switch was that flipped in the second half, I think you always have to put some of that on the Kansas City offense as well, um, as well as they executed in the first half. I, I don't think they did in the second half, but you can't take anything away from Luana Romo and what they did defensively uh, for Cincinnati. So I, I do think it does play into it because football, it's a game of momentum shifts. It's an emotional game. And, and in that situation at the end of the half, both of those things worked against Kansas City, so definitely was going to impact them coming out second half. When we hear coaches, Daryl, talk about halftime adjustments or analysts talk about halftime adjustments, the, the Bengals, according to the NFL Next Gen stats, dropped eight uh, in coverage, 45% of their defensive sets in the second half, and they only did that 25% of the time in the first half. So how many series does Kansas City see them dropping eight and they go, okay, well, that's what they're doing, so we need to do this because Mahomes did look like a different player in the second half. Well, and, and if you're rushing three and dropping eight, that means you're, you're covering a little bit longer. Um, 
You know, Mahomes had a ton of time, but you could see that he really couldn't find anybody, which I was surprised about because, I mean, Tyreek Hill is one of the guys that's out there running around. <laughs> and for, for, for Cincinnati to be able to, to keep him in coverage to the point where, where Patrick Mahomes didn't feel comfortable of turning that loose to him, that, that, that's pretty impressive. And, that, and that's across the board. I mean, Travis Kelsey, I mean, they've, they've, they've got dynamic people on the outside. So that's, that's your whole thing when you roll the dice with rushing three and dropping eight is, is can you cover long enough until your three-man pressure makes an impact on somebody? Um, I'm, I'm surprised that they were that heavy at 45%, but you did see a lot of it, and you heard the announcers talking about it. Um, but you have to credit the back end of, of Cincinnati's defense because um, they started to get there a little bit. Uh, I think some of the linebackers, you know, whether they were spying Mahomes or, or just kind of shadowing Mahomes. But every once in a while, some of those guys would kind of, you know, trigger and come in uh, when they saw an opportunity, you know, to, to get to the quarterback through an open lane. So I think there were some adjustments that the players did during the course of that second half as well, too, that, that it was a three-man pressure, but they were adding that fourth guy late and was that fourth guy the guy that was responsible for Mahomes anyways. So um, it, was, it was very impressive, very impressive what they did, um, you know, holding them under 100 yards in the second half. Daryl, obviously everybody's going to talk about the quarterback matchup in the Super Bowl with Stafford and Burrow, but I, and we know the Rams have a pretty good defense. That pass rush is going to be a problem, I think, for Burrow, but are we underestimating maybe Cincinnati's defense? I think so, because we had them in week one. So, you know, we read all the offseason you know, acquisitions and really what the plan was. And, you know, obviously they, they draft Jamar Chase. Uh, they've got Joe Burrow coming back. They already have Higgins and Boyd. Uh, Uzama, I think they had a good feel for Uzama coming through the spring, that he was going to be a player. The one area that they were, were a little bit uncertain with, I think we've seen that all through the course of the season, was the offensive line. And, and everything else after that point was defense. You know, free agency was $100 million spent on defensive players. Brought in Trey Hendrickson, uh, you know, adding people to the secondary. Um, Shadobi Wuzier comes in. Yeah, it just it, it they they really focused on the defense. And I remember talking to Von Bell that week, getting ready for the opener, and and he said, "We've got really good guys that get it. We communicate well. We're in year two. Um, he goes, "I think we're going to be a, a, a very underrated defense. I think we've got the potential to be really, really good." Uh, and they have, you know, they, they've grown all year. Now they've had bumps. You know, there's been a couple of games where, where they haven't played that well, and that's to be expected with a group like that. But but this was a concerted effort by that organization to get better defensively. Um, I don't know how you can underrate them because they've earned the right to be respected. They've done some good things. I mean, some of those Baltimore games and Baltimore gives people fits, and and they swept them this year. They swept the Steelers. You know, they did they did some good things this year, and a lot of it was that defense. Um, and then when you're getting the ball back to that offense, and, you know, Jamar Chase is as explosive as he is, and that, that wide receiver group is, is, is pretty special on their own right, um, it, it was an impressive team. We walked away from that game uh, thinking that, that, that it was definitely not the 4-12 and Cincinnati Bengals that people were going to see this year, but kind of funny, that game ended on an overtime field goal by Evan McPherson. And, and if you go back and look at what Evan McPherson has done during the course of the season – He's really the reason Cincinnati is where they are right now. I mean, he had they gave Cincinnati the AFC North crown. It gave them their path to the Super Bowl. Um, so just a great job of the organization, you know, going in the fifth round and taking a kicker uh, at that stage. It's going to be interesting to see if more teams would spend a draft pick for a reliable kicker. 
like Jerry, maybe. We'll see. Daryl Johnston <laughs> joining us here on the Blitz for Monday's Week. Got, got anybody in mind there, Jason? <laughs> uh, just, you know, thinking how great it would I mean, and I love the acquisition of Greg the Leg, but would he miss a kick in eight of the games this year? That's that's like half. Um yeah, that that's one of those things. You know, as you think about the Super Bowl matchup between the Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, the Rams have a lot of veteran players and many were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They they have that experience and you look at especially with the star players on Cincinnati offensively, a lot of young players had some big moments in college, but this is the Super Bowl, this is the NFL. You go back to your first Super Bowl trip with the Cowboys. You guys were that young team with a lot of a lot of young superstars. Who has an advantage? Is there an advantage for either the Rams or the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of of experience and in, in age being something that gives you an advantage. I mean, if that was true, I mean Buffalo would never have played the way they played in that first Super Bowl against us. That was their their third consecutive and we were the youngest team in the NFL. Um, so if, if you were to go by that logic, it should have been 52, 17, the other way. Um, so it, it, it really just boils down to, you know, who plays well that day. Um, you know, who's prepared the best, um, who doesn't make the critical mistake. Uh, you know, I, I really think, you know, when, when people talk about playoff football and what makes it different, and, you know, we always talk about the finality of, of that, this, you know, the culmination of the season. And that, that just puts so much more importance on everything you do. So every big play is that much bigger. But also every negative play is that much more detrimental. So I don't think this is going to be a situation as to which team doesn't lose. I think they're both good enough um, where it's going to be about one of these teams winning the football game. But the mistakes will be amplified. And that's the one thing I think when you have a younger team that you might look at it from the from the standpoint of, well, they would be the team that would be most likely to make the mistake. But our team didn't do that. You know, we, we weren't the one turning the football over all afternoon that day uh, against Buffalo. So uh, it's just all, it's all about execution. Um, you know, and that's, that's the hard thing about Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, that's what's going to follow him around, you know, the rest of his career is, is in six games in the fourth quarter, six playoff games in the fourth quarter, he has not played well at the most critical time of the game. And as a quarterback, and if you're trying to become one of the elite quarterbacks, that is your time to shine. That is that is when you take the game over. And Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been able to do that in his opportunities with San Francisco. You know, in your experience, Daryl, you know, because I look at Garoppolo and I see a lot of passion from the guy. I see a lot of hustle. You know, he's really trying out there to make something happen. But you're right. I mean, it just doesn't seem to happen in the most crucial times of the game. But you look at that guy play. Is there a possibility that, that he learns that or, or has the ability to snap out of that, perhaps, for the remainder of his career? Uh, he, he, anything's possible, but you know, <laughs> we're, we, we've, we've, definitely, we've, got, we've definitely got, you know, we have, it's history, right? I mean, it's, it's happening time and time again. Um, and and, and in, the, in the big games, um, you know, championship games, Super Bowls, you know, against Kansas City, um, I, yeah, I, I know Kansas City is an explosive offense, and maybe a 10-point a lead isn't all that big of a deal, but, but he did not play well. I mean, he was, he was not running the offense efficiently at that time, and, and that's a team that, that's kind of it's, – it's run first, it's RPO. Um, you know, there's, they're, they're not asking you, you know, to throw it all over the field and throw it down the field to win that game. You're up 10. You know, it, it's really about managing that clock and, and burning that clock and, 
you know, playing the field position game, don't give Kansas City a short field, uh, you know, just like you don't give the Rams a short field on Sunday. So uh, I, I don't know what it is. I, I really don't because when, when you meet him, you really like him and you want to cheer for him. And all the guys love him. I mean, he's one of those guys. And you can't say enough about a guy who handled himself the way he did under the circumstances this year when San Francisco goes out and gives up what they gave up to go get Trey Lance. And then it, it doesn't even bother you. And, and you just you stay nose to the grindstone and you keep grinding and you keep working. And you become the guy that leads your team to the NFC Championship game. But then again, that thing comes back and you just, you just can't get over that hump. You can't get your team through it in the fourth quarter. And again, I mean, I, I think about so many moments in that game yesterday the dropped interception that probably seals it for San Francisco. And we could talk about Jimmy G and his play down the stretch. Kyle Shanahan uh, has now also coached some some pretty big blown leads. But I look at Debo last touched the ball with, what, eight minutes to go and never saw the ball again. How does that happen? Yeah, well... You, you, maybe we need to credit the defense of, of the Rams because, you know, you get in those situations and, and, the, and the big cry is, hey, you know, Debo Samuel's not going to beat us today. Let's make somebody else beat us. You know, he's the one guy that we can't let beat us. And, and that's, you know, that's the defensive mentality. Who, who are the, the big playmakers? Who are the go-to guys in the critical moments? And, and don't let that be the person that wins this game. Make somebody else do something. And that, that was the greatness of Michael Irvin because he was our guy that, that you know, rose to the level of the situation and, and wanted the ball at the most critical times. And the defense knows that. And yet they still couldn't stop him. He still made, you know, some of the, the, the biggest plays at the most critical times. Um, so, you know, I think we have to credit, you know, probably the Rams a little bit for taking Debo out of the game. I don't think Kyle Shanahan would get away from him as a play caller because he knows how important he is. But there are some things you can do that are simple, right? We see him on the jet sweeps. You know, hey, if, if – if they're taken away in the passing game and, and Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't feel like that window's there, there's other ways for us to get the ball to Debo Samuel, and he's been awful effective that way. So that, that's the big thing for me is, is in today's game with these wide receivers that are kind of you know, transitioning into these really, really multifaceted, talented guys on the offensive side of the ball, it's not just through the air. I mean, it, the, these guys are scheming up plays to get them the, the football in, in an easier way to get them started. And that was one of the things I thought, you know, in, in Dallas's game, you know, to me, one of the most important things they had to do was get CD lamb involved in the game early and play off that emotion that he brings to the game. Um, and, and they weren't able to do that. And, and there's, there's ways to do that. It's, it's not that hard. You know, it, it ha- doesn't have to be a 15 yard completion down the field. Um, you know, give it, give him the ball on a jet sweep, give him the ball on a jailbreak screen and, and let him generate that excitement with the way he plays the game. Daryl, you had to make that agonizing decision as to when you were going to walk away from the game. What What is Tom Brady thinking right now, you think? Hmm. <laughs> $5 million question. Um, I think, I, I think he's, he's in Jason Light's office right now asking him, how many guys can we bring back next year? Where are we at salary cap-wise? What is this team going to look like? Do we have a shot? Are we a legitimate contender? Um, I think that those are the things that, that he's trying to figure out right now. Um, because at his age, you, you know, hey, I said I was going to play till I'm 45, but that's when you're in New England and everything is rolling along. Well, now you've, you've made a change, and, and now you're down in Tampa. And, and you guys kind of pushed everything to the center of the table in the NFC. I mean, you went out, you brought back every starter from that Super Bowl team. You brought back all the specialists, and you brought back three to five of the key backups. I mean, that was almost the exact same team 
coming back to defend their Super Bowl title. Um, now they get hit by injuries and some other things happen during the course of the year, but that was a that was a big thing of why Tom is there and if he did sign a two-year contract. I think his biggest question now is how much personnel are we going to lose? What are we going to look like next season? Do I have the pieces in place around me to really legitimately get back to the to the conference championship game and make a push for one more Super Bowl? The Moose, Daryl Johnston, joining us here on the Blitz Mondays with the Moose. Uh, Daryl, before we let you go, knucklehead question, which I know you kind of expect <laughs> this from me. But uh, Troy Aikman's going to be on the Blitz tomorrow at 530 with his new beer, 8, coming out. What's a good Troy Aikman nugget that most of us aren't going to know about, but his friends are going to know? That's safe for you to share with us to ask him tomorrow. That kind of bl- will blow him away. Oh, um, <laughs> you have to let me think on this and text you. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, let me think on it, and I'll, and I'll shoot you a text. Fair um, enough. But I got my uh, I got my little package of eight today in the mail. Um, so I've got four uh, four lovely cans of of eight um, that are sitting in my refrigerator right now, uh, and I'm looking forward to having one soon. Get, uh, get them cold. The, the, They're the good. The amazing thing about him. Well, yeah. Well, the thing with him is, you know, I mean, he is such a perfectionist. Um, that this has been a two-year process for him. He does things one way, which is the right way. And, and I, really, I really can't wait uh, to have my first sip um, just because I know how much time and energy and effort he's put into this, and, and I know it's going to be outstanding. And, and I am not. I am, a, I, am a, I am a bold beer drinker. I am a stout. I am an ale. I am a lager. Um, I, I am not you know, the type of beer that this is. Um, but but I know it's going to be fantastic. I mean, the, the taste of it. I know he's going to figure it out, how to get that bold taste uh, with the reduction in calories and carbs. Hey, you know, it's going to be a good beer, and I think about some of those from that, that we've shared at the Friendly Spot. You drink stuff that I don't even want to try, man. You need a fork and knife. <laughs> <laughs> the Friendly Spot. Oh, my gosh. There we go. What a great, what a great little space. Yeah, good stuff. Daryl, uh, will we see you next week in L.A.? No, no, I'm uh, I'm going to be too tied up with uh, with everything with the USFL. We've got some uh, some big dates coming up here, and still got a lot of work to do. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be tied up making sure that we get uh, we get this thing uh, the, the best that it possibly can be. I mean, not only for the fans at home watching on TV, but for the guys. I, I really the most important thing for me in these types of leagues is is to make sure the guys have fun. And one of the greatest compliments we got, you know, from our guys in San Antonio, they would, they would tell us this is the most fun I've had playing football since I was in high school. And and we want, we want everybody in the USFL to have that same experience this time around. Uh, So we're working as hard as we possibly can to make sure that, uh, that all eight teams in Birmingham have a great couple of, a couple of months there through the course of the season. Well, I tell you what, I know we'll talk to you next week as we get ready for the Super Bowl, but as we get closer and closer to uh, kickoff uh, for, for the new gig, we'll, we'll certainly have you on and and help spread the word because, you know, we're kind of angling maybe in year two to have a team here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you should be. I mean, there's not a market. There's not a market in the country that deserves that, uh, and I mean that wholeheartedly. Um, I, I, I will always be grateful to the support we got in San Antonio with our Commanders team, and, and our guys feel the same way. Absolutely, uh, it was it was unbelievable, and and we were the envy of the league. We were the envy of the league. Everybody I talked to. Good stuff, Darrell. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the week. Enjoy enjoy the eight beer. <laughs> Absolutely, and I'll have a nugget for you. Perfect. <laughs> Daryl Johnston, the Moose. Mondays with the Moose. Always fun catching up with Daryl.